Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeehaw. Well, I'm missing that. I'm telling you what, man. Missing that. Missing you. Praise the Lord. So happy uh, Father's Day, right? Happy Father's Day. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, you know what? Um, I love you guys, man. And, then, uh, and I'm trying to figure out who I'm talking to and where everything's at. But anyways, we'll get it all figured out. I love you guys, man. And, uh, and I'm so glad to be counted among you as a dad. And I will just tell you this, man. Right now, today is the day, all right, that uh, today is the day, if you haven't already, to start, all right, being the father, all right, that, uh, that, that you were glad you had, or maybe even being the father that you wish you had. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So now that we got all that out of the way, let's get to work. Amen. Praise the Lord. So check this out. I want to begin right away with the scripture in Matthew chapter 9. All right. So if you have a scripture, if you have your Bibles, if you have your app or whatever, uh, if you're watching on the chat line on the TCAZ.live, I know that there should be a, a tab. You can open up a Bible. In, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 9, the story is set where, where uh, just, let me just kind of set this up a little bit. Jesus is, is, has been cruising around. He hasn't really called his apostles. He hasn't really called the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the actual apostles and just named them, but he has had a bunch of followers by then, right? He's having a bunch of people follow him, and so he has a bunch of disciples following him, and he has been going around healing and teaching and healing and raising the dead. It's crazy, man. He's been doing all this stuff, all right? And then we get to this point in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Are you ready? We're just jumping right into the word, praise the Lord. And it says this, and Jesus went throughout all the cities. He went throughout all the cities that were in his little area right there. He didn't say that he went all across the world, all right? But basically in this area where he just happened to be at this time, all right? He went out throughout all the cities and villages, and he was teaching in the, their places of worship, and he was proclaiming the gospel. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. All right, he was not only talking about the coming kingdom, he was talking about how he could rule the cruel of Christ in the hearts of the believers. He was talking about the good news, the message of repentance, of redemption, of restoration. He was talking about how we could be free from our sins. He was preaching the good news of the cross that was yet to come yet that he had been sent here to set us free from, 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 from sin and from death, to set us free. He was, he was preaching this gospel. Now check this out. It said that, verse 36, that when he saw the crowds, when he turned on the news, all right, when he walked out there, when he drove through town, all right, he went, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. That's what Jesus' first thought. His first thought was compassion. He had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless. They were literally going, they didn't, this idea of harassment, they didn't know to go to the left or go to the right. They didn't have no leadership. They didn't know who to follow. They had a lot of voices. They had a lot of opinions, but they didn't know what was right. And he said he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, this is not yet the 12 because they'll come a little later. And I'm sure they were hanging out. Some of them were. All right. But he said to the, to the, to the group of people that were following him, 
Here's what he said. Are you ready? Because this is, this is where it's going to get crazy for us. And, and we're going to keep just challenging this. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, but, but the laborers are few. So therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out his laborers all right, into the harvest. Amen. Pray with me. Father, we give you the praise. And this is your word, Lord God. And we're praying in the mighty name of Christ, man, to recognize, Lord, where is our part? What are we talking? What are we doing here? Lord God, so I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, move me out of the way, Lord God, so your word and, your, and, and just the understanding of what you're doing in the world right now and how we can join you, Lord God. Give us, give us that for, in the name of Christ. We just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's a couple of things that I know about what's happening around here right now. All right? What I know about what's going on right now, nobody knows what to think. Right? Nobody knows what to think, and which is why the, everyone is telling everybody what to think. All right? Because <laughs> nobody really knows what to think, man. And so, so everybody's trying to tell everyone, well, you need to think this. You need to think this. Or you need to think this. And here's what else I know about what's happening right now. This is a time. Now, come on. Stay with me. This is a time where people are going to look back and use this time right here in the future. They're going to look back to this time in history, all right? And they're going to use this time as a reference of how to handle it, all right, when it happens again. Because this will happen again. A lot of these things that are taking place are going to happen again. They've happened before and they're going to happen again. And people in the future, our kids and their kids are going to look back and they're going to see, how did we handle this? All right, how did we handle this? And my, and my question, my question is, and it always is, I ask you guys this question a lot. My question is, what story will you be able to tell? Where and how did you take part in this point in history that is yet to come? That where they'll reference back and they'll look back and say, well, my dad or my mom or my grandpa, my grandma, my, 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 here's how they handled this and here's what we need to do. This is why I told you guys last week that we have an amazing opportunity right here, right now, as the church to create, all right, culture and to make history. We have this amazing opportunity right here in front of us to create culture and to make history. All right, so for the church not to come in and lead at this point is a huge misunderstanding of who we are. It just is, man. Hey, here's what I know, and you know this, all right? You know this, that the world often hurts, right? And is often hurting, right? And it's, it's continual. And, the, and my question is, what are you going to do about it? I mean, you, we're witnessing it. We're witnessing hurt. We're witnessing pain, all right? Uh, <laughs> okay, don't tell that story. Never mind. I wanted to tell a story. I'll tell you guys next week, all right? I'll give you a glimpse. I almost got in a fight. Anyways, anyways, we'll talk about that another time. So you're like, no, talk about it now. Sorry, pretend I never said that. Anyways, were you guys here? Did you guys hear about that? No? Good. We don't need to talk about it. All right, so anyways, <laughs> all right? 
So now you need to watch next week. All right? So anyways, praise the Lord. What were we talking about? All right? The, the question is, what are you going to do about the hurt? What are you going to do? I'll tell you right now. Forget it. <laughs> I got to tell you. All right? So here's what happened, man. I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but I almost, I almost got into a, a fist fight, man. And it's been so many years, man. And probably about a year and a half since I ever got one. No, just kidding. All right? I almost got into, I'm, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at Walmart. I'm at Walmart. I'm at um, McDonald's. I'm in the line. All right, and I'm in the truck, I'm in the line, I'm getting ready to pay, and in that, in that drive-in area, I wasn't going to tell this, in that drive-in area, right, where you come in to go to the, in the Safeway parking lot on the other side, a guy's walking, big old guy, all right, big old beard, tattoos and stuff like that, and he's carrying a box, all right, and he's walking, and there is a woman walking behind him, and he is just cussing her out, cussing her out, and I'm thinking, oh, man, that, that's not good, man, that's, I just don't, that's just not good, I don't like that, you know what I mean, that's just really too bad for that woman. And, um, and, and then, then he throws the box down. And then he looks at her and says, you pick it up. Like that. And I'm like, man, what a horrible dude, man. You know? And then she goes to pick it up. And he grabs her by the arm. And he starts shaking her around. And I'm sorry, man. I couldn't watch that. All right? So I learned the other, I turned the other way. Just kidding. I, I just, I couldn't watch that, man. All right, so I couldn't watch that. And so I had to, I'm so sorry. I'm your pastor. All right, one of your pastors. I was literally wearing a tank top that said the church on it. All right. I jumped out of the truck and I said, hey, get your hands off of her. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, get your hands off of her. All right. And he looked at me all crazy. And I says, dude. Get your hands off her, man. I go, don't. And he started walking towards me. And I says, don't, don't, man. Don't, you don't want to do this. And he started walking towards me. And I says, brother, I'm telling you right now, don't make me hurt you because I don't want to hurt you. And he's walking close. I mean, he's coming up right up here. And I'm hoping, I'm praying, God, it's the middle of the day, Safeway church t-shirt. All right, it's going to be on video camera. It's going to be on the news. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I just don't want that to happen. All right, and I'm like, dude, just, stay back. And he walks up to me, gets right up this close. I mean, right almost close to my arm right there. And he looks at me and he goes, I know you. When's the church going to open up? <laughs> not kidding. I'm not making any of that up. He looks at me and he says, when's the church? I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> Next month, hopefully you need to be there. I looked at her, are you okay? Because I could call the cops, because that's probably what I should have done in the first place. All right? She said she's okay. He went over there, picks up the box, said he's sorry, started walking. I'm like, ah, oh, man, man, man. The question is, what are you going to do about it? All right? The world's hurting. All right? The world's hurting constantly. All right? And it's filled with hurting people. What are you going to do about it? Because you can't just ignore it, man. You can't just ignore it. Some of you guys are going, dang it. <laughs> you're invited somebody to watch for the first time. This is your pastor. All right. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. All right. <laughs> I'm working on this just like you. We have, we, we have, we have four different areas. I think that, that, that only it boils down to four different areas. You know, when we consider what are we going to do about the hurt? And number one, we can, we, we think we can hide from it. We think we can hide from it. And you know what? I, I know that we can't. You cannot hide from the hurt that is taking place in the world because it is a human story and you are a human being. All right? You cannot hide from it. You cannot ignore it. You, got, you just walk outside. You know, I'm wearing a mask now when I'm talking to people in public. 
All right? The last time I wore a mask when I was talking to somebody in public, <laughs> never mind. I don't want to tell that story, so <laughs> I will not tell that one. All right? <laughs> You can't, you, 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 you can't ignore it, man. You can't hide from it, all right? We can't hide behind the excuse that it's just not my problem. You're a part of the human race, and so it is part of your problem. And so you can't hide from it. So that we have three other options. We, we can hate, we can hurt, or we can heal. We can hate, we can hurt, or we can heal, man. The, the choice is literally up to you. What do you choose, man, to hate, to hurt, or to heal? Here's what I know about haters. You know, we, we, you know the haters will, will, will develop a resentment and, and, and as it looks to blame others for the hurt. Haters will start just to slander and will start, things, things will come out of their mouth and yes, they're hurting words and they're hurting things but haters will actually start to develop resentment because we're just trying, we need to place blame. We don't want to take ownership, they just want to place blame. As a hater, a healer, I mean a herder, is basically all of that, but then also looks for someone to take it out on. They seek opportunity to repay. And sometimes it's random, and sometimes the person that they end up hurting had nothing to do with the hurt that they're even experiencing. Somebody just, need, just happened to be in their line of fire. And they get hurt. So you can hide, I don't think you can do that. You can hate, I don't think you wanna do that. Or, or you, can, you can hurt, and I don't think you wanna do that. Or you can heal, or you can heal. You see, a healer receives the healing from the only one who can actually completely give it. A healer joins forces with other healers to bring healing and hope into a hurting world. Healers change the world, man. Healers change the world. And how do I know this, man? Because a healed life is a healing life. A healed life is a healing life. Just look at the, the, the people here in the church. Look at the pastors of the church. Look at the staff in the church. Look at the, the volunteers and the leaders in this church. The, the, this, 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 every volunteer in this church is a leader. All right, look at all the leaders in this church. Men and women who know that they have been healed and, and they weren't just healed to feel better. We, we, they, they know that they weren't just healed so they could feel better about themselves. They could feel better about life. They could feel better about their future. They weren't just healed to feel better. We were not healed to feel better. We knew that we were, you know, we were in fact healed to be better and to help others be better because we've learned that life is way better in Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, we can be way better at life. Amen? Praise the Lord. So when you look at the church, when you look at the church, you should see healing, all right? You should see healers, and you should see hope. Not haters, not herders. You should see the evidence of the presence of Jesus Christ in the men and women that you come across. You should see people, man, you should see people standing in the gap for people who don't even know that there's a gap. You should see this when you look into the church, people who are actively releasing their faith. Amen? Who are actively releasing their faith. I remember the first time I heard that phrase, uh, releasing. Our, I was praying with a brother, Paul Till, all right, and we were in this prayer meeting, and we were praying for somebody who was going through some severe pain. And we just started praying. This is somebody who wasn't even around here. We were just saying, and he said, Lord, we release our faith. And that, that phrase just caught me because I started thinking, you know, 
how captive is my faith? To say I have to release my, how captive is my faith? I know that I have faith. I know that I believe that, that Jesus, man, that he, he not only created everything, he can recreate everything. You know what I mean? I know that, if, that, that he, he can bring dead things to life. I mean, I know that he can, I'm watching my grass grow with a dead seed I threw in it, and the next thing you know, there's life. There's all kinds of grass. It's amazing. I've watched, you know, he, he, I've watched him heal people from sicknesses that are just crazy and stuff. And, and I'm, I'm watching him do all this stuff then I start questioning myself, how captive is my faith? Do I keep my faith, this is crazy, do I keep my faith captive? Do I hold it prisoner within me, only looking to, to exercise it when I need something different in my life? What does it take to truly release my faith? In this area of, of, of Matthew chapter 9, in this area of the scriptures, if you were to read the rest of the chapter, the whole chapter, because that was actually the end of the chapter, if you were to read everything before, you would see men and women releasing their faith. You would see there's great pictures of what it looks like to release their faith. One, one story, there was of a guy, all right, uh, Jesus was meeting in this place, man, and it was packed. It was so packed, and people were coming to hear Jesus and, and to hear him speak and to, and to see what he was doing and see what he had to say, man. And, and people couldn't get in the door, and this, there was a dude that couldn't even walk, right? He was just kind of, he was all just, he was all just confined to this, to this mat, you know, and they had to carry him around. And he had friends, man, that would do that, which is cool to have friends that would just carry you around when you can't, when you can't carry yourself, right? And they recognized that Jesus was in their healer, and maybe they were just tired of carrying the friend around, all right? This one, Jesus, can you just heal this guy, all right? I don't know what the story was, right? <clears throat> but I do know that they climbed onto the roof, all right, because they couldn't get into the crowd. They ripped a hole in the roof, Man, these guys are releasing their faith, all right? We believe that this guy can do something about our friend, all right? And they lowered this guy down through the roof, man. All right, which if you're this guy, you're like, come on, I hope you guys know what you're doing, all right? <clears throat> and, and right there in front of Jesus, he's preaching, he's talking, and all of a sudden, everybody stops to see what the heck's going on here. And this dude, and these guys are like, there he is, man. Heal this dude, would you? Do you got that kind of faith? I believe you have that kind of faith, but are you ready to release it? And Jesus healed that cat, man. It was crazy. Another, this faith of your friends, man, just release it. Another guy right before this, that, that area that we read earlier, there was a father, his name was Jarius, and this is in a couple of the Gospels. He had a, he had a 12-year-old daughter, man. She passed away. And this dude went looking for Jesus. His house was filled with people that were, that were just mourning and they were having this service, this funeral service and stuff for this little girl, man. The dad was like, mm -mm, no, 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 no. Where's that dude at? Where's that dude, man? Where's that guy I've been hearing about? And he found him and he went to them. And he, says, and he told him straight up, man, my kid just passed away. But I believe, man, if you would just come over to the house, if you just touch her or do something, all right, I believe she'll live again, man. And Jesus started to go with the dude. And on the way there, this is crazy. He's walking through a crowd. Because remember the crowd in the house and all that? All these people are going. They want to go see what he's going to go do. And on his way there, man, there's more people outside crowding around him. 
And he's with some of his disciples, his friends and stuff like his followers. And, 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 and this woman, man, who has been sick and bleeding for 12 years, man, she's been scripture herself, she's been bleeding for 12 years, sees him and says, man, she's thinking to herself, if I could, and then she's really, she has this faith. She goes, if I would, if I could just, you ever have that, if I could just, or if he would just kind of faith, that's our faith being captive, all right? If I could just touch his garment, if I could just reach for him, if I could just touch the hem of his, if I could just touch his t-shirt, all right? If I could just, you know, just get close to him and just kind of rub up against him and just kind of bump shoulders or whatever the case may be. I know I could be healed just by who he is. She has that faith captive. But then she released that faith as she saw him in the crowd and she pushed her way through the crowd. She touched him and Jesus literally said, man, who touched me? And then some of the boys were there and they were saying, what do you mean who touched you? Dude, you're surrounded by people. Everybody's touching you. He goes, no, 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 man. Because he felt power come out of himself. He says, you know what? Somebody touched me in faith. Somebody released their faith when they touched me. And, 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 and she saw it was her. She says, she says, Lord, it was me. I'm sorry, man. He's like, no, 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 man. Your, your, your faith has made you well. Your faith was your road to the healing. Yeah, Jesus is the healer. Your faith is not the healer, but it's the road you take to your healer. You just got to get on the road, all right? You just got to release that faith. Meanwhile, he walks over there to, with his dad and all the people in the house, and they're like wailing over this, this little girl that passed away. And he said, Jesus says, hey, man, you guys need to go outside because she's just asleep. None of them believed him except for the dad who released his faith and said, you know what? I had this captive faith that I've heard this story about this dude. I kind of wondered. I kind of felt it could be true. But then he got off, got off his butt, man, and went and found the dude. And he says, and he released it. And that was all in there in Matthew chapter 9. And you see a couple of other dudes, man, who, who, who were in quarantine, Literally in quarantine. They're supposed to be in quarantine for life. These guys were lepers. They had this sickness that was so contagious, all right, that they were actually outlawed from the community. They weren't allowed in town. And if they came in town, they had to yell, unclean, 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 and people would just clear out. These guys came right, right up. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Two blind guys, my bad. That's another story. But there are some guys that came, and they were lepers, and they said, Lord, heal me, and he healed, and he actually touched these guys. It's in a different area, not chapter 9, where he touches them. Jesus actually touches the unclean. He touches the hurting. He touches those who think they cannot be healed, and he heals them. Well, these other two dudes in this story, Mark, Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 9, are two blind dudes, and they can't see, but yet they found their way to Jesus. And they asked him to give them their sight back. This was not some medical professional that is worldwide. It was Jesus. They didn't know half the story. They, didn't know, they only knew a fraction of the story that we know about Jesus today. And yet they released their faith. We know the whole story, and we still have a struggle keeping our faith captive. I believe God is calling us right now to release our faith. He's calling you to release your faith. All right, I believe this. I tell you what, man, I told you the story of my son, all right? He, you know, he fell off the roof, cracked his head. The doctor told me, man, that this was just a few weeks ago, in case you haven't heard, all right? And, and the doctors were telling me, man, that, that the good news is we will be able to teach him how to talk and walk again. And that was a good news. But see, before that, the morning, before I got the good news, all right, that morning, God has given me his good news. 
And he had given me some scripture that I did not understand why I was reading. I'm sure you've had this. I've told you this a few weeks ago, but I'm going to tell you again anyways. All right? He had given me some scripture that morning. I didn't understand why I was reading this. It sounded really good. It sounded really poetic. You know what I mean? That, that, uh, that, that he goes before you, that he rides through the deserts, that he gives power and strength, that his voice goes out, his mighty voice. And I was like, okay, that's really, really awesome, God. I'm glad to hear that, and I believe that, and I praise the Lord. And I went and I started doing my workout, and then I got the phone call. And I'm, I'm blasting down the Phoenix because my son's on a helicopter. And, and, and on the way there, man, I'm asking God, would you just go in front of me, Lord God? Would you just go before me? And then I remember he already told me that morning he did. He is. And I started tripping. And I'm riding through the desert. <laughs> and I thought, now you're just showing off. <laughs> right? He rides through the desert. <laughs> and it says his voice goes out, his mighty voice. And I started getting prayers from everybody, man. And this was the voice of God, just praying, these prayers. And he says he gives strength and he gives power. And so when I got to the hospital, I was so amazed that they actually let me in there because, you know, all the restrictions. And I told the nurse, I'm getting ready to do something weird. And she was like, what? I said, so I'm going to pour oil over my son's head and I'm going to praise the word of God that he gave me this morning. And she was like, that's not weird. I go, I'm, cool. I'm glad you think so. Could you get out of here? <laughs> and she did, and I did. And where he was supposed to be there for a real long time, the next day they're calling me, telling me how, the doctors are telling me how amazed they are that he's talking and he's moving. He goes into physical therapy, re re rehabilitational therapy and occupational therapy. And they, they expected him to be there about six months. He gets out in a week, praise the Lord. You see, if God had not given me that word that morning, I don't know how I would have handled it later that day if I hadn't paid attention. If he hadn't told me, get ready to release your faith. Get ready to uncaptivate your faith. And get ready to pray some big prayers no matter what you're hearing, no matter what you're seeing. Right now, we need to pray big prayers, man. Right now, we need to join Jesus in the work that he's calling us to pray into. That's what we need to do. I'll go back to our scripture, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Let's look at it again now with all of that filter. It says, when he saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the crowds, and right now Jesus is seeing the crowds, and right now there's not a crowd that does not go unseen by Christ. And right now he's calling us to see the crowds with him. Remember one part of our prayer, our, our, our lifelong prayer, thank you for the cross, I'm yours, help me see the way you see, fill me with your Holy Spirit. All right, a four-part prayer. That has been our prayer for, you, for years here, but we're asking God, help me see the way you see. What would it look like if we actually just, just challenged God, right? Help me really see the way you see right now, man. Help me see the world the way you see the world right now. Help me see the crowds the way you see the crowds right now. Even the little crowd that takes, that, 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 that gathers in my house. The little crowd that gathers across the street, down the street, in each house. 
the little crowd that gathers at our community, the little crowd I see in the store, all right, the crowds that I'm seeing on the news, the crowds that I'm seeing all over. How, how many see the crowds the way you see them? Because look what he says. He says that, that, that when he went throughout all the, the cities, okay, wait, he says, uh, when he went throughout all the cities, you know, preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel in the kingdom, healing every disease, and then when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. He had compassion for them. This compassion that leads us to identify with the situations that are going on in each individual life. Have you ever just wondered what people are doing? I mean, and I mean that not in a negative sense or, uh, you know, or, 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 but I just, like, I just look at people and I just wonder, how, what's life like for them? I'm in the store, man, and I, and I look at people and I wonder, what, what, is, what is life like for, for that family? We have an Airbnb right across the street from our house. And people, um, I've had people ask me, you know, is it a real problem to have an Airbnb across the street from our house? I said, no, man, do you guys need anything? And then I watch their family interact, man. And I just think it's awesome to be able to get a picture of people vacationing all the time, enjoying life and enjoying one another. And I go through the stores and try to wonder, I wonder what they're going home to. I wonder where, where they just came from. I wonder what life is like for them. I try to understand the stories that are just surrounded by on a daily basis. He says that he had compassion. Not only was he identifying with their situation, Jesus himself is always prepared to act. And then he tells us, he says, he says to his disciples, and we're his disciples. If we're choosing to follow Christ or we're trying to follow Christ or whatever, man. And the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. There's a big harvest out there. Right now, at this moment, right now, what he means by that, he doesn't mean that as, very Im as impersonal. He actually means that it's extremely personal. Right now, there's, there's craziness going on in our world. And I'm not just talking about the social unrest or the pandemic, those two big stories that you're seeing in, in the news. I'm not just talking about that, man. I'm talking about what's happening behind the scenes. I'm talking about isolation that's being taken place. People are being, feeling they're, they're being forced to isolation. Some are choosing isolation. Some feel inferior are in isolation. And, so, and I'm talking about the depression that's taking place right now. I'm talking about the economic hardships that are coming or that are already here for so many. I'm talking about the fear. I'm talking about the hurt of people who have lost so many in all of these things, these big things that are going across the world. People have lost so many loved ones. And it freaks, does it freak you out to know that people are dying today? And so many of them who don't know Jesus, who are, who are dying and going to nothing, man, and, and, and we need to be grabbing a hold of the leg and saying, you ain't going anywhere, man, until, until I know that you know how loved you are. There is so much more that is taking place in the world right now that we need to be paying attention to. All the problems that are coming out of the big problems, the fallout that's getting ready to be ushered in, that's the next pandemic. And we need to be the pre-responders to that pandemic that is that is coming down, that is, that is coming, that is heading this way. 
And it's not a negative thing, man, because this is why Jesus says the harvest is, is so red. It's, it's ready, man. But the, the laborers, man, the people are going to get out there and do that because everybody's choosing to try to hide, to try to hate, or try to hurt. And we could just receive the healing that Christ gives us and become healers right along with Jesus. What are you prepared to do? Many of us are thinking, I don't know that I'm prepared to do anything. Here's what he tells us to do. Therefore, pray earnestly. I didn't throw that word in there, by the way. <laughs> My name's Ernest. All right, anyways. <laughs> anyways, that was stupid. All right. Blame my mom, all right. <laughs> all right, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Begin with prayer. Big prayers. Big prayers, man. Not just world-changing prayers. World-expecting, ex you know, just world-changing stuff to take place. Prayers. He says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And here's what I know. When we truly start to pray into situations, we start to recognize how God is calling us to be a healer in that situation. That's why he says, pray for the laborers because God has called you to be a laborer in this, in this time. And it's crazy because when you get into the next chapter, and I don't have this up there, but when you get into the next chapter, chapter 10, he picks his, his, he picks his apostles, those who will be his apostles. And he still has that crowd of disciples. But he takes these 12 and he says, look, I'm gonna send you guys out. And he literally tells them, I'm gonna send you out to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, and to heal the lepers. And he wasn't speaking metaphorically. <laughs> we always try to say, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Heal the sick, raise the dead, all right? Uh, cast out demons and, 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 and heal the lepers to literally heal the broken. This is what he's calling us to do. And he tells us in Matthew 10, 24, a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. Therefore, all right, you can't hide from this. Therefore, you can't hate in this. Therefore, you're not supposed to hurt in this. As if this care for humanity is below you. It wasn't below him. He took it to the cross, saved every one of us if we choose to receive his salvation. No, instead, instead of Matthew 10, 25, it says, is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant to be like his master. So if we're going to take that home, what do we need to do? What can we do about this right here, right now? Well, he just got through telling us. Again, we begin to pray, right? But I want to challenge you to three things. As we begin to own this area of Scripture, if we begin to own this, I want to challenge you to three things. Number one, I want you to see life. Truly ask God to help you to see life. It's happening all around you. 
It's not just happening in you. Sometimes we just like to just, I'll recognize the life that's happening in me. No, no, no. He's calling us to see life that is happening around us. Let me challenge you this. People need to be seen right where they're at. All right, how, how did Jesus see? He said he saw the crowds and had compassion on them. What did that mean? It means that he saw them right where they're at, not right where he wanted them to be. He saw them right where they're at. Understand people's story in the moment of their story. Understand people's story in the moment of their story. Quit trying to create the new story for them and just meet them in the story that they're currently involved in. Understand that story. See their life. See life. Then, then you speak life. You speak life. You pray into that life. Remember I said, we're here to stand in the gap for people who don't even know that there's a gap between them and Jesus. Right? We exist as a church, and I believe this is the, 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 church, the job of the church across the, the planet is to make it easier for people to know Jesus, right? Because there's a lot of people who don't know that they can know Jesus. And so we speak life into their life. We pray life into their life. We stand in the gap for people who don't even know that there's a gap. And that's a crazy prayer because that prayer, and I'm gonna challenge you this, man, this is crazy. That's praying into their life like your life depends on it. Have you, have you, have you prayed like that for somebody lately? You pray into their life like your life depends on it? You're like, I don't know if I can do that. I believe you can. What does that look like? It, it requires you to bleed a little bit, or at least it feels like it. Sometimes it requires you to bleed with them. Other times it requires you to bleed for them. And I'm not talking about physically bleeding, but you don't understand what I'm saying. To hurt with them. See their life. Speak life. And then I want you to give life. To truly bless another life is to give them a piece of your life. To truly bless another life is to give them a piece of your life. Ronald Rollhauser put it like this. He says, to bless someone fully is to, in some way, die for him or her. Sacrifice. Now we have a problem with this because we forget, this is crazy, because we forget that we've already died, all right, and now we truly live. Or when McManus, he puts it like this, he goes, death, Jesus' death wasn't to set us free from dying, all right, but to free us from the fear of death. Jesus came to liberate us so that we can die up front and then live. That's crazy. We can just go ahead and get the dying out of the way and now truly live. See life, speak life, and give life. That's what Jesus did. That's what he's asking us to pray into. So 
if Jesus is, and if he is healing your life, then now it's time for you to join him in healing the lives of others. Because a healed life is a healing life. Amen. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. And we give you all the glory, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.